well, good morning. I say good morning, but it could be good afternoon. It could be night time. It could be evening. I don't know. Whenever you are getting this, wherever you are around the world, this podcast broadcast um, is available all around the world. I stopped doing these for a while though, so I'm back. So here we go. Let's get started and we will be obedient. Okay. And so we talked about this yesterday. You'll have heard this in church about the persistence of prayer as well, the simplicity of the prayer and the persistence of the prayer, which they had been focusing on the day previous um, to that, which would have been Wednesday. Okay. So I know I have to be obedient to the Holy Spirit because I have that connection with God. I'm not just looking at text and what text says from Jesus' time, I'm working in alignment in real time with the Holy Spirit, with Christ at a new level, at his ascended level. And it's down to my ability, obviously, at the time, what my specific roles are as to how much of that I'm perceiving and conceiving and getting and therefore able to work with. Christ is always perfect. It's us that have to kind of, um, you know, have more or uh, be open to more of Christ in order to be able to do more, to achieve more with whatever it is that God wills for us, you see. So I'm thankful that I perceive that high level and I know that it is at that extraordinarily high level. And yes, there are different levels because some people don't understand this in the church and don't know what to do with this. People don't understand this out with the church. Well, that's understandable, but some people don't even understand this in the church. So, yes, there are definitely levels. God doesn't tempt you. So if you read um, James, all right, if you go to your Bible, your scriptures, and you look at James, James is basically, let me just put this into focus. James has got everything that you need to know in it about everything about the holy spirit and about what christ is saying um you know he doesn't just leave this aspect of works just in the balance um but it's so important to also seek saint paul as well because saint paul brings through god's idea the holy spirit christ's idea about the fact that it's not through works that you are saved it is through faith However, what James establishes is that it's not faith. Faith doesn't just occur on its own, but from this should flow good works. But I just want to say this because I was in a situation yesterday where I had a lot of people like telling me or not telling me directly, but I was in a situation where people were expressing about their work and how much they had to do. And I just felt like this was a lot of justification for them saying getting their nails done because as we were sitting I don't know if that I'm sure yeah holy spirit yeah so justification for them sitting getting their nails done it's like you are not justified by your works it's through faith and when you have that relationship with Christ you probably don't even need to get your nails done or perhaps you will have that feeling that you know hey this would be a good thing to do but it's not because of your works that you deserve to get your nails done or look after yourself you know what I mean it should be through that nurturing of Christ Christ being of God being God's child or whatever your level is with regards to God 
And because of your relationship, because of your obedience, from there, there are certain things that you'll be called to do. Perhaps you wouldn't be called to that specific method of taking care of oneself. It might be something different, for example, but that's the way it it works um, in authenticity. So... That was a really interesting time for me because I had to go to a certain extent as well. I also had a situation whereby someone walked in and I got to sense in real time what my thoughts or my feelings or what just my initial reactions were to this type of person, the way that they were presenting themselves. And it really gave me a chance to check my thoughts and how I respond to people certain people, not just anyone, but let's look at the reality. This person, according to others, seemed to be on drugs. Now, that's the first impression I got when the person came up to me. They felt very, I'm just going to be honest with you. There are no names here. I'm not sharing any details, but I felt that sense of vampire, like a vampire, like someone that wants to take or suck something from you like they are very needy they can't get whatever they want to get on their own and I'm not saying that we aren't all interdependent because we are I just mean that there was something unbalanced about their state of being with regards to that and they were asking me where a specific nail bar was is this this and is this this and I mean I was literally trying to go in to this um, place with my child out of fun, out of an innocence, sort of fun thing to do. I had no idea and did not plan for this type of interaction. Of course, we know during the pandemic, we're not supposed to be, you know, that on a normal basis, that doesn't happen anyway. But on, um, obviously during the pandemic, you don't just approach people specifically that you don't know that's not in your household and you don't go up close to them in any way shape or form but that did happen um in any case um and she was um not being described by people as having a stable life it seemed to be a life that was um mired by drug use but that was their story about her. So whether that's true or not, I don't really know. But it, it did match up with the kind of type of behaviour, the type of sense that I did get that kind of thing to a certain extent, for sure. In any case, I had to check my reaction and response to her. But the thing is, if that was the case, we don't really know how and if that is the case if she is on you know you know drugs things like that we don't know how she got into that we don't know what she has been treated like by different people or what the entire story is and I felt just a sense of like that is such a shame by the end of it that is such a shame is what I felt it you know I was just listening to what everyone was saying and the way they were treating her and the way they were talking about her and I'm not blaming them outright, perhaps they do have a lot of knowledge about that specific person. They seemed to um, believe that they knew who she was. I had no idea who the person was. I didn't realise that they even knew that until they expressed their feelings and thoughts with regards to her. 
Now, what I did find interesting, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I was in alignment and agreement with them that I did find it a bit strange, um, and I didn't say that, but I did find it, you know, a little bit of an interesting time having to listen to her speak on her phone or speak to her phone about different kind of prices and what different people were going to do while she was actually sitting in this one place and they had just you know they've housed her they've given her a space there and she's just asked them for prices for what they do for a specific type of nail um thing near nail care right and then she was it was almost like a bartering but doing it without speaking to them directly speaking to them on the phone that kind of thing and she she did come out and she did try and um go upstairs and sit down when she'd you know decided that she was gonna have her nails done there so going back to the more of the beginning part um to get up the stairs she found it very difficult as apparently she had broken her leg or foot or some area and at that point I just honestly didn't know what to do because she's asking for people to help her up but when it came to wanting to go back down she seemed to have no problem skipping jumping back down again although it looked different as to how she did it she didn't second guess that so clearly there was a lookout for that extra attention that she probably didn't need at the beginning unless she didn't realise she didn't need it when she just jumped down out of that area when she had to go and uh, go on her phone down at the bottom of the place. So it's it was just a strange situation, that kind of thing. You can imagine, and like, okay, so is that just miraculously healed? Maybe it was just spending time here in front of me. Maybe it was that time of the presence of God, I don't know, but she just seemed to miraculously heal right then and there. So again, you see... I'm saying there are all possibilities. I'm letting you see that there are all possibilities in something too when I see these things. So she went down to the front, got um, uh, an idea of her story by people that were there. And, you know, in any case, whatever, whatever on earth was going on, I did feel that it was just something else. By the time, you know, I got back, I thought, you know, my questions were why go out when you're like that she apparently had some sort of accident so why be out why not be in and be healing yourself but then it reminded me of the woman that wanted to be healed and she had to get near Jesus Christ she had to get near the spirit so when we're carrying the Holy Spirit there's that attraction by some people that need healing as well we need to sometimes heal ourselves but there's also and there can also be an attraction from people who need to be healed too at times all right it can be very difficult because some of these people can be really quite abusive towards themselves or um you know with regards to like drug taking or whatever uh they might say certain things so we have a family member who <clears throat> she's very rude she'll say really nasty things to you and is just like oh and I have been just so busy with my life. I move forward really quickly. It's not really something that I let get to me. I just have always looked at her having that difficulty. People discussed mental problems that she's had in the past. And, you know, no names. So <laughs> no gossiping here. But just for the the knowledge of this and 
possibilities of what happens and what can happen in life and how to get through these things. Um, so this particular person, you know, she'll say nasty things. One thing was, I remember, this is just on the light side, but I have had situations with regards to, let's say, my love life where I've had someone who's been interested, I've been interested in them and thought this is a really great thing. Now, one of them was this international rugby player, player for our um, Scotland team. And this wasn't anything that got anywhere. It was just an interest and like, oh, yeah, that's really great. And we just, you know, happened to meet in a particular situation, but nothing happened. But it was just a conversation. And this person that I was speaking to, this family member, literally was just so nasty and so horrible. Like, I would say, if you watch Cinderella, it's something like that. Like, I often feel like Cinderella with regards to this person and they just constantly want to tear down and be nasty and they're just so jealous and horrible and like when you think that you're expressing something out of an innocent heart or pure heart about something they try to utterly destroy that and utterly destroy your dreams and your self-esteem and everything so I do understand there are times that these people who are very unstable mentally try to bring you down too now I as I said, in the past, even things like that, like I constantly kept forgiving this person. Now, I had a specific type of um, request from another family member to help with this other family member. And I just thought, okay, um, I didn't really think too deeply about it. Um, I just knew the time was getting on and all of a sudden it was a definite. They kept having problems and expressing these problems so there's that you know the expression or the trying to pull you in with the emotions the neediness but then once they get you there they're abusive in many different ways whether it's even putting something like choosing something on the tv um putting like a particular sense of something out into the air between you and your family like it might be to do with like families that break up uh, that kind of thing so putting it's almost like a witchcraft and this person um in my family is not of the faith let's just put it that way and they're against the faith so there is that element of the demonic that takes over their lives they've got like a lot of obsessions that they have to like watch a particular thing they're driven by money so they'll watch things to do with money they'll do different things to do with money that are obsessive um that's what fills their life and and then being abusive so every now and again out of blue there's like you know something else they'll try to to do and add in there but it usually has that negative um element to it and that's something that they'll try to kind of put in the mix of things so in any case that's what I have to deal with I do understand these people are unstable as I said can be very very nasty and we want to put up our walls we want to make sure that we are protecting ourselves and sometimes we might 
say something back at these people. Well, for me, for years, I haven't done that at all. Um, I only started standing up now and stating after many years and after watching that person try to destroy many different people and put out lots of gossip. I mean, names attached and full on gossip about people that seek to destroy their lives. And it's the devil seek to steal, kill and destroy. And they have got together with other people to do this and people have recognised this and their friends have even said this to them. Like, you're just doing this, you're trying to control this. Um, I spoke to a group of their friends who told me what they were like and told me this person had actually got banned from a pub, a bar for life. I was like, you are joking me, what on earth? I don't know why I said you're joking me because, you know, it's completely possible with all the horrible ways that they behave. Um, But I'm that innocent of a way of thinking about things. I'm like, no, no, they can do no wrong. And I always try and seek the good in them the next day, the next day, the next day, that kind of thing and do things for them and help them out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Welcome to my life. This is the way that I have pretty much been all my life. Um, I wouldn't say I'm always good at turning the other cheek straight away though. And I haven't been more recently, as I say again, like this is the time I started standing up for myself saying, this is not happening anymore. I'm not going to let you do this to me and to other people. This is it. Enough is enough. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's been having a very interesting effect indeed. Very interesting. They realised the other day there that they couldn't really have any effect at all. And they were just shoo-shooed away. It was like a <laughs> what are you talking about? Shoo shoo. And so um, they were completely dismayed with themselves when they realised their witchcraft and things didn't work at all. Completely dismayed. They went off to themselves and didn't know what to do about it. It was an interesting point. And, you know, it's that eye-opening point, that eye-opening time where, you know, those of us that are innocent-minded, they keep trying to help these types of people. We kind of gloss over it. We let it go. And somewhere inside, it's probably impacted us. But now I'm like, no, I see what you're doing because I'm seeing it very closely over a long period of time and I can see exactly what you're up to. This particular person is giving names and trying to ruin specific people's lives. For example, they'll be on the phone and they will talk about things constantly. So very obsessive. I have someone that is like that. I have obsessive stalkers as well um, around about and nearby as well that I've had to deal with. So I guess when you've had to deal with that from a family member, that type of strange behaviour, not to the extent perhaps of this other stalker's length, but when you have that, you can gloss over that too and your barriers can be down. Well, no, this is not being allowed and I'm putting the barriers up and making sure that obviously myself and my family are protected and doing the best I can there. So that's what's occurring. Very interesting times, just a, a little bit of insight with regards to how your life can go when you're helping people, some of the things that you might need to do um, when you're helping people, um, specifically those that are very, very nasty, very destructive, very jealous towards other people. Now, I want to lead in and look at yesterday's liturgy that some of you might have heard because it's also online, so you get to hear it wherever you are in the world, just simply by tuning in over.
Facebook, for example. So the liturgy was stated yesterday and it was very clear and precise. But I have a few things to say about yesterday's word as well. I need to state this. It talked about how the wicked are tending to be the ones who are prospering. I don't believe that whatsoever, that that's the general case of things. In fact, as I was telling you with regards to these types of people that are, you know, that involve themselves in evil ways, whether it's, you know, getting involved in drugs or other kind of like negative behavior, but it's something that they are seeking to pleasure themselves at the risk of others, right? These types of people, in other words, are doing evil. These types of people don't tend to be prospering very well at all. Certainly not by the spirit. There's nothing to be upset about their lives. Their li- So I just wanted to state that, that those are involved in these evil practices. I'm sorry, but I do. there's nothing that I want from their lives look awful. Um, so I really, I didn't really completely entirely agree with that part of the liturgy yesterday. I just want to put that out there, that these people that have evil in their lives are choosing that. They really have awful lives. Um, so... I don't, I didn't really get that part when it talks about, oh, well, some of the way, there are some though, there are some people who have um, seemingly looked like they are gaining prosperity. Um, I have noticed that in the past. Yes, absolutely. And actually, just for the record, I've noticed their um, material wealth actually disintegrating very very quickly like let's say they've bought something just to look a certain way or to make other people think they're the top person you know they've taken this from you they've taken that from you they've tried to take this person from you and that you should really um have that kind of thing in your life and they have got all sorts of material wealth to try and make out that they're the you know the greatest person and you should be kind of following after them and it's like I can see right through that. I absolutely hate that. There's nothing. So, okay, there are probably other things that are more disgusting, but it just isn't appealing at all. First thing that's most appealing to me is your connection, my connection with Christ, that loyalty. And therefore, um, with regards to relationships, I do not care what kind of car you've got. Um, Okay, I am a chaste celibate person, so I'm set aside for God anyway, but I'm just meaning... Like, for example, if I were to be in a relationship, I would not care what kind of car that you have, for example, or what your items look like. That is all base. That is all a facade. That is nothing with regards to reality. And that has been proven because the person recently that was trying to do that has had these things or has removed these things from their life, whether they're doing that on purpose or not I don't know but anyway they um have one aspect of that removed from their life apparently but yeah to me it's it's nothing it's a facade it means nothing without the reality the truthful authentic loyalty in into God it means absolutely nothing
nothing. But yeah, I do think there are people that do have that, that do have that loyalty, that do have a good relationship with God, that are prosperous and that there's nothing inherently evil or wrong about that. And um, I really discourage anyone from being, uh, you know, jealous or again, like looking too far outside of themselves at other people like that. Again, that is, that can lead to that obsession. I know that people that are obsessed over me are really strange and it's ridiculous. It just is so ridiculous. There are very unhealthy people that get so focused to the point where, you know, they're obviously building their entire lives around it in a negative way. Now, if you're building your entire life around other people for loyal ways, that's a different story. That is a That can be a good thing because you need to know each other. But people who are doing it out of jealousy and um, because their lives are rubbish and, you know, they just are so nasty, they're evil people, you're just making your life even worse. It's the truth. And we can all see how ridiculous you look. Okay, so that's that. And um, yeah, there we go. This has been an interesting one. It's all about dealing with people who are destructive, perhaps um, even jealous people. It gives a little bit of a balanced insight into the liturgy that was coming out yesterday as well, which I feel is really needed to put that in place. And... Um, yeah the devil at the door well I'll tell you something the devil at the door won't get very far again like the wheat and the chaff everything will be winnowed everything will be winnowed <laughs>